0: Hello, 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 welcome. Right, 9th of March, Google Hangout, Singer VL. Let's tell you what's going on. Right, today we have me, Neil Singer. We have Dale Henry. We have Richard Wolfred, And we have our special guest, Mark Bruno of Dacha. Okay, now remember that the, um, uh, these Google Hangouts are CPD accredited, so all you need to do is to drop us an email at the end of the Hangout and we will send you your cpd certificate the next thing i would like to mention is please sign up on our youtube channel so you receive notifications um, of any new videos that we're placing right guys first topic today professional etiquette who wants to start richard
1: good afternoon everybody our first topic this afternoon, as Neil said, is about professional etiquette professional etiquette because we have uh, experienced some feedback recently from our clients uh, saying that other agencies have been uh, discrediting us um, and the way we go about selling property uh, and we feel that it is one thing to promote yourself above the competition and say why you are better it is something else entirely to say you shouldn't use that agency because they are poor or because they're not very nice or because what they do is not in a client's best interest Um, we We do not slag off other agencies. We do not try and discredit other agencies or other auction houses. We simply give reasons why we think we are better and there is a difference in our opinion. And clients, in our recent experience, actually don't like being told by other agencies that the people they're employing to sell sell their properties are not very good. Um, They would prefer people to, or agents to work together, we're all in the same game, it is, it, it is business, however uh, there has to be professional etiquette and um, we do not go about promoting ourselves above the competition by discrediting anybody, we go about promoting ourselves above the competition by saying what we do is different and why we think it's better.
0: Very good. And that actually, if I can suggest, is um, directed at the um, younger people who might be watching because um, we, we just experienced some, well, our clients actually have experienced some um, feedback recently, which just isn't the way, isn't cricket, really. It's not the way you go about things. And uh, in business, I would say always do the right thing. So well done, Richard. And with regard to the people who we're referring to, You know who you are, and we know who you are. And you're probably watching. Right, let's go to some news of the week. Let's go to the big news of the week. Right, first big news of the week, guys. You can see that, can't you? Can we see that? No, yep. There we go, there we go. First news of the week. Right, is CBRE Targets sub 10 million pound deals with its new small cap team. And um, as you can see, it's been headed up by PJ Thibault, who has a remarkable resemblance to Dale Henry. So (laughs) I suggest that Dale Henry takes over.
2: (laughs) Hello? Thank you. I do think our noses are very similar. Very similar. Yes, yeah, so it was interesting to see that CBRE have um, launched this new what they call small cap team who are targeting the sub ten million pound market. So they've moved that they're moving from the um, from, from from their sort of historically larger end of the market into the private end and sector. Um, it will be very interesting to see what happens with I think I believe they've they've got a a 12 strong team um, purely dealing with the sub 10 million pound market. Um, If it's interesting, so why they've moved into this area? Um, Is it because that sort of they're trying to embrace the private investor market? Or is it a lack of transaction volumes at a higher level? I think it's probably a combination of both factors. If you look at transactional volumes and the slowdown in the UK investment market how many transactions are really being done at the higher end Um, uh, I mean they've got a 12 strong team I would have thought they're gonna have to do a pretty high turnover for it for it for it to be sort of financially viable Um, but I think they're seeing like we are that many private investors are are turning away from the residential sector following the the changes to stamp duty Um, and they're moving across the commercial sector. The the private market is extremely strong at the moment. We've we've been in this market for a a long time now and we're sort of as busy as ever. So, um, I I think they've sort of... It's it's interesting to see other larger companies that are now moving across into this sector.
0: Can I, yeah, can I say something? Can I interrupt? Can I say something? I think it's actually a lot more difficult than uh, the big firms realise. I think it's not a question of just opening up a team and getting into the market. We've been doing this ten years. Um, we, this is why we're so highly ranked on Google, and we get prime investors coming to us all the time, um, particularly recently from UK and abroad, because that is where the market is active. I, I, so I suppose if I am a cynical, you could make, take the view that the reason the big firm Firm is moving into the small market is because perhaps they're not doing the turnover at the higher end. Anyway, we wish them luck. Yeah, that's good professional etiquette for you. Right, let's. If we can move on, um, quick news for you. Foxtons yesterday, um, large starting sales. The revenue was down. Oh, down. Sorry, feedback. The revenue was down fifty-five, down to fifty-five million, down twenty-three percent. Countrywide this morning said their profits have halved, and actually I think that's a bit misleading. It says their profits have halved, they just announced them from 47.7 million down to 19, but their turnover actually remains pretty static. The turnover was 737 million compared to 733 last year, but they've spent an incredible 47 million pound in restructuring costs. Um, But it's very interesting to see what's happening in the residential market they're having a difficult time. Um, It was no surprise to me at all that that there was no change to stamp duty yesterday. I didn't think for a minute they were going to change stamp duty. And I didn't think for a minute they were going to change the the, uh, difficulties of residential landlords offsetting high rate tax relief. So the budget was was really all a bit dull, really, from a proper point of view. I'm going to bring in Mark. Mark, anything from the news that you want to talk about?
3: Uh, On on those points, No, professional, actually, professional etiquette I'll touch on though because I, th- I, I completely agree with you. I think from our perspective, the market's always big enough and uh, I think you end up making yourselves and your competitors look better by uh, adopting the the appropriate professional etiquette. Um, and there's typically enough business for everyone to do. So um, we should be promoting each other um, rather than slagging each other off.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Okay. Uh, we here, 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 <laughs> okay. Um, I would, before I in, let Mark talk about Dacha, and um, I just, there's one other thing I want to show everyone, which is actually, I think, quite interesting. I should have put another hat with me, I was gonna bring my other hat, wasn't I, today, and I forgot to do it. This is an agency called Andrew Nunn and Associates, who are a Chiswick-based residential agency, and um, as you know, We at Seeking have used the Click to Purchase platform, which we are associated with, and um, we use that to do online selling. It is an independent platform to the agency, and Andrew Nunn, as you can see, are now the first residential agency, truly 100% traditional residential agency in London to adopt the Click to Purchase platform, which enables them to, to, from today to have properties executed online by the agent in either a best bids private treaty or a real-time auction scenario and every agent in the country can be an online real-time auctioneer um actually we'll show you that in a minute from from today so that's quite interesting news for us right mark 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 do you want we want to talk we want you to tell everyone about Dacia?
3: I, well, I would love to uh good so afternoon everyone
0: let me, uh, let me open my screen. tell me when i haven't moved on a slide for you um, okay do you want the tell me when you want the first slide up or do you want to say yeah. in, do you want to tell me shout slide number and i'm there for you i,
3: I will i will do that no I'll, I'll just talk for the time being so for those of you who don't know don't know who Data is uh we're a data business in the commercial real estate market uh we're actually a swedish company and have been around for about 20 years in uh in sweden um uh, that's more like it. A little bit of our website over there. Um, so we, uh, what we do, our, 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 I guess our core DNA is to collect data um, from the single best sources available in the market, uh, aggregate it and combine it and then visualize it in, in, in a map-based system. Um, what does that mean? Um, well, at the moment it means we've got, uh, in the UK at least we have information from the uh, Ordnance Survey, Land Registry, Companies House, Valuation Office, and uh, a a number of different sources. And that allows us um, to go in and uh, drill into particular properties and provide a lot of further information. I'll show you a couple of slides on that uh, in a minute. Uh, It's interesting to find out how we came about. Uh, As I mentioned, we've been around for for over 20 years. Um, There was, in the mid-90s in Sweden, there was a bit of a property crash. And or the banks realized they didn't have enough information on the the assets they were lending against, um, which is why they had a lot of these bad uh, loans in their portfolios. And so our chairman at the time went out and started collecting information uh, on these buildings in, in Stockholm kind of on a one by one basis. And uh, fast fast forward 20 years, Dutch is a completely um, you know, different being. It's actually a verb in Sweden among the property community. We've got 85% market share over there. Uh, we launched in Finland uh, about six years ago now, uh, and in the UK about a year ago. Um, but Dutch itself, we're we're kind of part of something larger uh, as well. So we are uh, wholly owned by a company called Stronghold that has one foot firmly planted in the in the traditional real estate building. They have their own agency in New with about a thousand employees. Uh, fund management company, nine with about three billion under management, and then they have kind of this digital real estate arm, of which uh, I guess we're the the tech geeks of the of the group, and a couple of um, we have our NBC arm as well. So we're uh, investing in, in other pop tech startups, typically in in the Nordics and the Baltics, but we do do look elsewhere as well. So um, uh, maybe you can go off to the the next slide, Neil. I know all about startups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Better. Exactly. So. Um, what can we do with I, I Rather than giving you a full demo, I was just gonna show you a few of the slides. Because we have all this data from so many different sources, um, matching all these data sets is actually incredibly hard. There are 29,000 trillion operations that have to be, under, um, be undertaken in order to match all this data uh, from the different sources because we have information on uh, over 24 million uh, properties in the UK and of those, we have ownership information on. Uh, over 3.3 million commercial uh, property interests. So quite a number to go through. And what, what this allows us to do, so what you're seeing on your screen right now um, is a, a, a map of uh, the city of London. Um, all the blue dots are the freehold properties. You can very quickly show up all the property borders for the property. As you click on each of the, the properties, you'll find out information on them. So this is just a a quick overview box on the left-hand side. Gives you basic information about who the owner is, who the ultimate owner is as well, because uh, as many of you know, properties are often held in SPVs. You want to know who the ultimate owner is so you can see their whole whole portfolio. Um, We give information on rateable values, the size of the properties, et cetera. Um, If you go through the next slide. Um, As you drill into this particular property, You'll see that it's owned by L.S. Hill House Limited, but the ultimate owner is actually Land Securities. We have further information how long it's been owned, uh, any of the related leaseholds over seven years. You can see the extent of some of those leaseholds there in the map as well, um, and information on uh, any risk of flooding or environmental features around landfill or, or, or flooding, as I said, um, which gives you kind of incredible depth of information, which if, if you were new to the property industry, you'd think, you know, we should have had this 15 years ago. Um, amazingly, it, it hasn't been around in this country. Part of that has been the, the accessibility of the data, which I may touch on later on, um, which was essentially just released uh, about a year ago now. Um, but if you, you know, a lot of people, when they look at a property like this, like that, that's great, um, but I'm interested to find out, you know, what else uh, land securities owns. So if you, if you click through to the next slide, because we have all this information in our database and we can link it all together uh, and search by it as well. You have here the full company tree structure for land securities where each of the, 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 um, the, the company is falling within that tree and then the specific properties within that. Uh, so on the right, you can you very quickly get a picture of what the uh, land securities portfolio looks like, the split between freehold and, and leasehold properties, which for many companies is, is, is amazing. I was actually talking to uh, an agency uh, a little while ago, and one of the graduates there told me that you know, he was very pleased. He was working with you know, one of the local councils, and he discovered 40 properties that they didn't realize they own, which is fantastic. And I said, great, you know, how long did it take you to put this together? And he said, oh, about eight or nine months. He said, "Can can your system do that?" And I went, "You know, what was the council again?" And I typed it in, and it came up with the two and a half thousand properties in, in seconds. Um, that's how the market is changing these days. I mean, people are um, want their information that much faster, uh, and it's something we're able to help them with. A um, couple of other slides, or quick slides. I'll show you. If you go to the next one, please no. Um, so we go back to that same di- um, same map. But once again, what people want to know, if they're looking to to acquire a property, maybe using you know Click to Purchase for yourselves, they often want to find out. Well, listen, I, I want to find out who owns other properties around my building, what sort of premises are they? You know, um, so with our system, you can very quickly draw a polygon around your target uh, property, and then it will spit out a list of uh, the particulars for all those all those properties. Um, you know, who the owners are, the ultimate owners are, the size, the premises type, you can find out if they're, um, you know, industrial office use, whatever it's going to be. You can drill down further and say, well, actually, I only want to see the offices that are between, you know, ten and 30,000 square feet. So you can start searching by those as well. You know, incredibly powerful. Um, and actually, even a lot of the agents are using this tool because for, for canvassing. Um, you know, once you've done a, a deal on a property, you know, why not tell all, all the people in the surrounding area that you've actually transacted on something nearby? Um, that's something that, that, you know, Singapore could be could be doing as well, potentially. Um, and then the last slide i show you. I, I, How much? I, I, <laughs> I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. Um, I, I, I like this slide just because it's pretty... Um, it it shows some of our environmental information. You can show the the depth and wealth of the information we have. So this is directly from the Environment Agency, but once again, layered on this backbone of information that we have from the Land Registry, OS, and and other sources. So here we're showing all the the landfill, uh, current and historic, all the flooding events for the last 100 years, uh, as well as the risk of flooding, which is the the the, the bright colours with the red being the high risk areas. So once again, if if you're looking to find do quick due diligence on a property, um, you know we often say we can get you 80% of the way there, like within minutes. You don't have to spend two or three days, um, you know, doing your due diligence. It's all in one place, and you can get the information you want, and then you can spend more time uh, on 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 the work that you really should be doing. So that is is kind of in a nutshell what. Um, Data is is in the UK for the time being. So, um, and I'm sure I get a chance to talk a little bit about more about the so other stuff we, in the future.
0: Can I, I can ask you a couple of questions, actually? Sure, please. When you, what was the what would, when you launched when a couple of years ago in the UK? Uh, December
3: December of fifteen. Yeah, so a little over a year ago.
0: Okay. And what was the what was the biggest uh, difficulty or the challenge to get into the market here?
3: Um, that's a good question. We so we're in Sweden and I guess Finland was our first international test market. We've been looking to launch in the UK for about four years, but um, because our level of information is so granular, you know, as I said, we try to go to the single, single best source for this data, so it's all official data. Um, we, it, it, the availability, the availability of the data is, is something um, that is often tricky for us. And here in the UK, we're working very closely with both Land Reg and OS to. Both digitise their data and change their uh, their business models to allow us to do what we wanted to do. So kind of that that that's on one side. The other is the quality of the data. I don't know if you've ever worked with Swedes, but um, you know they often think that that Sweden is great at everything, and in many cases they are. So their addressing system, for instance, every building in Sweden has its own name or address. Um, you know, it could be called Blueberry Fifteen or something, and everyone refers to that building as Blueberry Fifteen. Um, Whereas in the UK, because you have, um, you know, different people are in charge of the addressing system, the post office have one system, Ordnance Survey have another one, Land Registry has another one, Um, not to mention that every building, you know, can have multiple entrances, becomes incredibly complicated, um, you know, trying to tie all these data sets together. So that, you know, that was a bit of a challenge for us as well, and part of the reason we have to do so many calculations. Um, And I guess the third part uh, was really just the fact that, you know, markets are different um in sweden for instance and you guys might find this interesting um there there are very few um commercial letting agents because the uh, office transactions for instance are normally done directly between the property owner um, and the tenants so you know that's not a market they have over here whereas you know the uk is entirely different um and then you've got the whole concept of freehold and leasehold particularly you know uh it, British concepts which doesn't exist in Sweden so once again we have to kind of adjust our uh, framework to take all that into account so a few challenges but that's kind of the fun of it
0: yeah I I mean I think um, I think it's interesting because um, you just mentioned there that uh, landlords let directly to tenants and Mm -hmm. I have a certain view about the future of the industry here and how technology is is changing it and as a fellow techie what do you think um, the impact of prop tech is going to have on our business in the coming years in fact it might be this it might it's probably when I say years it should be a year really because it's all changing it might be pretty quickly
3: no it is it's funny prop tech's been around for 20 years but it feels like in the last year or two um, it, it's just gaining momentum um, I think there could be a variety of impacts. I mean, just look at, I always look at fintech, you know, the property industry seems to be about 10 years behind the finance industry. Look at the money that's poured into that, that's now starting to pour in, in, into prop tech. Um, and prop tech itself is, is, is a massive space. You've got everything from smart buildings and the internet of things to, um, you know, VR, and I suppose the, the, the part that interests us more, which is, which is big data um and they're all going to have different effects on the industry i think all uh, by and large very positive um fundamentally i think it's it's just going to make the industry more efficient and more effective right so it'll allow people to do their jobs faster and it'll allow them to actually gain more business um that might be uncomfortable for some people change is always uncomfortable for some people but ultimately i think it has to be a good thing
0: well we've experienced that i can i can tell you both in our yeah. agency and in our in our sort of online mechanism of selling, because we are constantly, we constantly get the sort of comment, oh, we don't do that. or uh, But I think that you will be doing that because everything is changing. And I just don't think that the agency model is sustainable in its current guise. I mean, that's why I always go on about looking at Foxton's and Countrywide. It's no, it's no coincidence that their shares have just tumbled, whilst purple bricks are just going up and up and up. And it's what, whilst it, might relate to the market on the one hand you would have thought that purple bricks shares would actually decline as well but they don't they actually they go completely the other way yeah and there are a few um, other that as well so uh, you know i, I i'm i'm 100 percent agree with you
3: yeah no completely not to not to say there isn't room for for agents in the marketplace because i i think there always is uh i think to a certain degree you know, data itself isn't that valuable. It's what you do with that data, that information and the processes, right? As soon as you start digitizing those, the the knowledge management processes and and getting valuable insights out of it, um, that's what what agents should be doing, right? They should be providing advice. They shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't all be about, you know, who they know and what they know. It, It should be about what advice they can provide. And So to that end, I think there's always gonna be room for agents. Um, and I think they just gonna have to be, you know, slightly sharper about what they do, because, um, unfortunately, technology kind of raises the bar. Uh, it means the good ones will survive and thrive, and the bad ones are probably going to fall by the wayside. So people are well, just going think... to have to sharpen their pencils.
0: Yeah, I don't think you, could, you can't make your living anymore phoning someone up saying, here's a building, do you want it, can I have 100 grand, please? Can I, exactly. can I, can I just um, mention to everyone who might be watching that if you want to send uh, any questions to ask Mark, just... Sh- Go on to the. You can see how you can do that on the YouTube link, and I'll I'll flag that up with Mark um, straight away. Mark, do you want to show? Do you want to run through the last slides? Or uh, yeah, 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 no, no, Have no.
3: I, 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 absolutely. I mean, you, you you brought up a couple of interesting points about um, you know how's prop tech gonna, gonna change everything, and I think I mean it's amazing the commercial property market. You know, we we did this test actually um, where I met you Neil last week at, at the Future Prop Tech conference, uh, and we, we did a quick survey of, you know, is Excel still the primary database in, in, in commercial real estate companies? And overwhelmingly the answer is yes. I think Altus also did a, a, a kind of a more official study um, and discovered that, you know, trillions of dollars worth of um, real estate is, is still managed using Excel. You know, it's the largest asset class in the world and it's still managed using Excel, which is, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and people need to be making more use of, of the knowledge they have. Right? You, you go ask people: Do you have a database? Do you have a system? People will say yes. Inevitably, it ends up being kind of lots of different silos in, in you know, different parts of the company. And you know, one group doesn't know what, one division of a company doesn't know what the other division's doing, what, what properties it's transacted on, who they've talked to. You know, comps are not easy to come by. Um, and, and I was actually at another. Um, a, a seminar recently, and really interesting point. If you go on to the to the next slide, so it was um, Dr. Hans Brunson, who's now the head of research at a, um, AEW, and he says that you know right now real estate companies are, are are making kind of infrequent large decisions with with great care, and it's taking a lot of time to collect the information they need, and they invariably don't have enough time to to think about the decisions they make so it's you know it's a classic you know Pareto percentages 80 percent of the time collecting the data they need 20 percent time you know thinking about what they should be doing in the future that's all going to change right people are going to have to be more agile people are making faster decisions people will be able to buy properties you know online with a click of a button using click to purchase and and these sorts of things and the, the the collecting part of that it, it's going to have to reduce to 20% so they can spend more time thinking about what they're doing and making all those, those optimal decisions. Um, you know, I really think that's the way the, 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 the market is going. Um,
0: it's, I think the, um, the problem, my personal view, is that hmm. agents and property people fear technology hmm. as opposed to thinking or realizing they need to embrace it to improve their service. And uh, that's my view. Yes. Guys, anyway, so I have one last question for you. My favorite, oh, sorry, have you got, do you want to run through your last slides? You had, oh, yeah, no, no it was
3: just, um, just on that point, actually. I was just going to say, so, you know, one of the things we're actually working on, the, the, the next step for us is allowing, everything I've showed you so far is visualizing publicly available data. But we have customers who have got tons of information in, you know, in-house, but they've got no way to, to store it or search it or analyze it or visualize it. So kind of the next step for us is allowing people to input their own data into our system. So this is um, uh, just some demo data of a a slide where, for instance, someone could have entered all the transactions they may have done in an area so that, you know, you could use it for business development when you're going out and seeing clients, listen, these are all the properties, you know, of a certain size in a certain area that I've transacted on. You can click on them, get further information. Um, But further, you can actually analyze, it didn't even be transactions, it could be anything you, know, you, you happen to be looking at. Um, you know, but once you have this, the, the data in the system, you can then start analyzing as well. So if you go to the next system, sorry, next slide, um, you can see an example of, you know, these will be all the lettings um, a company has input into their system, both their own, possibly some external comps as well. So they, they can start analyzing with their own data by asset class, for instance, how, you know, how rents have changed over times and specific areas and that sort of thing, and it gives you so much more power of what to do, kind of with your own data. Um, and you know, we're starting to help people do this, and I think the market as a whole is is going to be there to to help people make more use of their their existing assets.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. I think the, if I can just just one last thing, which I which yep. um, you mentioned that. Um, uh, and I think this just to make sure people are clear, the data that you're collecting is different to say, um, a competitor, say like CoStar, Your, the data you're using is already available, but you're just putting it in a format that's very easy to access and use far quicker. I think that's a big key advantage in my, in my view of what you guys are up to.
3: It's, it's, a, it's a massive difference to us. So for us, we, we don't release any data until we're sure First of all, we go to the original source. So our data is as good as it is from the land registry. Um, and we have coverage of the whole, you know, all of England and Wales, or all 87% of properties registered in England and Wales um, as a result. So they're, as not as if we're better in London than we are in other places. Um, and, the, you know, the data is as accurate as the government-held data. So those are, those are very key points for us.
0: Okay, great. Good, good, okay, right. If I can suggest, thanks very much, Mark. If I can suggest, if anybody wants an introduction to Mark, just please drop us an email or, or call us afterwards, and we'll put you in direct touch, and then I'm sure Mark will be able to uh, talk to you about using datcha um, for your are, business.
3: I, I, should, I should mention as well, though, we're going to be at MIPIN next week. So if any of you are going to be at MIPIN, we have a stand in the London Pavilion. Sorry, shameless plug there. So you can, you can find me and us there as well, if you happen to be there. Uh,
0: Yes, I'm not. There <laughs> <year>. I'm not. <laughs> okay. What I thought I would do now is, um, I want to show people. I want to show people what we're doing um, shortly with regard to um, our online auctions. But I think should we have a break before we show people to more technology? And uh, should we just give a bit of news about what we've been doing in business, Richard? I don't know, Do you want to? Would it? You might want to tell yeah. everyone. Um, how we're getting on in terms of um, our sales, etc. What's been going on?
1: Sure, no problem at all. Uh, as a lot of you may have seen, we've been putting various bank investments into the market. All have been offered with new 15-year leases, predominantly to Bank of Scotland on non-assignable leases. And we have sold—we've uh, sold two and acquired one um, at yields down to five percent. And in the last three or four days, have agreed four more um, in Wales and Scotland um, at between five uh, and to just under five and a half percent. So some very interesting yields for not only this type of income, which is unique uh, apart from this portfolio, but given that the locations are secondary. They're not London. They're not Southeast. They aren't uh, cities. They are, to be fair, secondary towns in uh, in Scotland and Wales. But the quality of the income is attracting private investors and SIP investors. So, uh, if anybody else is interested and in looking for that sort of uh, property, that sort of income, please do get in contact with us, and we may be able to uh, to help.
0: You say you may be able
1: to help. <laughs> we'll be able to should help. Let's,
0: we, let's just rewind. I, can we can we um, edit this and go back? Should we rewind? <laughs> we'll be able to help. Right. We'll have to practice that one a bit more, Richard. Um, Dale, do you want to tell everyone uh, what's going on coming up? We've got a few things coming up shortly. Oh.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We've got we've got some. Um... Some new sales coming up um, next week, which I can give you a quick overview on now, the first of which is a well-let restaurant investment in Swansea City Centre, which is an Ask Italian. Um, it's the full-ask covenant um, in the prime leisure pitch, uh, leisure circuit in Swansea. Seven years unexpired. Ask have got an overriding lease on the entire building. Um, interestingly, they don't occupy the upper parts, Um so there could be an opportunity for someone to extract some value. It could suit a uh, change of use, possibly residential. Um, so there could be an opportunity to take back those upper parts. But it's seven years ask, great covenant. Um, we're asking one million and fifty-five thousand, which is six percent. We'll be going to the market next week. But if anyone wants some details now or to chat through, then get in touch. Just give us a call, send us an email. We're also going to have a Highly, highly secure, long-dated health and uh, health and fitness club investment in South Wales, which is about 20 years unexpired to Nuffield Health, a 5A1 covenant on an assignment from Virgin Active. So the um, the income doesn't get much better. 20 years, purpose-built health and fitness club. We're going to be asking 3.85 million, which is 6.4%. Um, again, if you want some, some preliminary details, then, then get in touch. And um, we're also working on a, an industrial distribution up in the northwest, which will also be some um, well-secured, sort of long-dated income. And uh, we've we we're instructed this week on an Iceland um, store up in Scotland. So those are um, some of the some of the instructions that we've got coming to the market shortly.
0: We've actually got um, some provincial offices that have just come in. And we've also, with so many sales, we've got another one today that's come in, um, in, up, up in the north to west, a big leisure. Okay, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna share my screen again, as, as we, I want to show, I'm gonna talk, whilst I show you something, this is a, this explain the click to purchase auctions that we are now, Running, We used to run these with the version one of the system, and this is a very short um, uh, explanation of the click-to-purchase auctions, which we're now using. We take the view that the auction room is, uh, the auction environment is changing. We think people are nervous of going to the ballroom auctions. Now, we say that because that's exactly what we're told by many private investors who come and buy properties of us and we think the world has moved on. The only auction systems around at the moment are eBay-style auctions, and what we wanted to do is embrace a system which actually put the traditional auction process, which everyone was aware of, and just put it online. So the version two click-to-purchase auction system, which is just playing, as you can see, is a system whereby any agent at any time can start auctioning property or properties, and bidders, pre-verified, can bid in real time against a live auctioneer, being asking questions of the auctioneer in, the, in exactly the same way as you would do if you were in a, in a traditional ballroom auction, but you can do this and you can bid from your phone in real time and you can buy the, a property in real time from anywhere in the world. What, we, what the click to purchase auction system does is, is two things it doesn't try to change the way that property is auctioned. What it is doing is putting the traditional process and merely putting it online. Now, um, why either that click to purchase system has got it very right, and the eBay style systems have got it very wrong, or the click to purchase is very wrong, and the eBay styles are right. But the one huge difference between all this is that because click to purchase allows private treaty exchanges to occur online, it's a system where you can buy prior or buy post if a product doesn't sell, and it's available immediately to everybody in the country. So we are, as, an, as a business, are using it as another mechanism to bring in the marketplace, UK and globally, and to em- further embrace technology. So that is what we're doing as a business. So you, sh- you should see very soon from us um, further auctions for properties that we are selling. Okay, guys. Has anybody got anything else to say? We've actually been. This has actually been quite a long um, hangout today. Mark, you've been uh, great. Thank you. It's been really, really great. It's really great. Thank you Um, for inviting me. Yes. So, um, if we can help you out in return on any of your events, please let me know.
3: Okay.
0: And like I say, do like I say, I I would I would urge people to get in contact with Mark because I think that's an that really is an incredible system, right? Guys, any last comments? We should get the phone ringing shortly from that individual that which we're specifically referring to in our etiquette lesson earlier. So I don't know who's going to get the phone call. Whether it's going to be Richard, <laughs> Dale, <laughs> or me, but. We are expecting we are expecting. Okay guys, so that's it then. I think we're all done for today. So Mark, thank you, thank you once again. Dale. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. And uh thank you very much. And remember if you want to sell properties, you know where to come. Thanks very much. Bye.